Hello and welcome. Um, it's Monday. I think it's the 28th. No, it's not. It's the 21st of March uh, 2022. Um, my name is Steve Pugh and what I do is something called a growth strategy podcast where I talk to interesting people that really kind of talk about their business and career and what they've been up to and their story and their journey and that kind of thing. And for me, it's really important to almost hear from people that I class as real, genuine people that hopefully you can kind of relate to because it's always great to hear from people on TV and the celebrities and all that kind of thing. But actually, that doesn't really benefit or impact 99% of people who, you know, we're not billionaires, we're not in the stock market, whatever. And that's where I like to basically dig out and find and talk to interesting people. So Josh, who I'm going to introduce you today, uh, CEO and founder of different companies, which we're going to go into, and he's going to explain it. But if you kind of join us for the next 30, 40 minutes, hopefully it's of interest. And then if you drop any questions in the chat, they should pop up on my screen as well. So I'll happily bring them in. So Josh, there we go. You're now live. Hello. <laughs> Perfect. Um, would you be happy to give a quick kind of 30 second intro just to kind of who you are, where you're from? I think I'll just kind of set the scene quite well. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you start off by kind of saying that you're, you're interviewing interesting people and yet you're, in, you're interviewing me. So I'm not quite sure how that happens. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, uh, I'm I'm Josh. I'm the CEO, founder of, of Everflow. Um, and I'm also also a proud father. So you'll probably see me occasionally post on LinkedIn about about my beautiful daughter, Jemima, um, who uh, I'm, I'm very proud of. She's about four months old now. Um, so kind of that's uh, that's a bit about me. No, that's cool. And likewise, and by the way, engineers are interesting. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, we I asked you just before we came on the call. Your looks like you're in a hotel room because you're down in London. Yeah. Do you want to tell people a bit about that? Um, yeah, sure. So tonight is the very delayed Utility Week Awards. It was supposed to be kind of last uh, October time, I think, and uh, but because of COVID, it was pushed back. So it's it's quite exciting because it's the kind of first awards event I've been to since uh, since COVID was a thing, or at least in person anyway. Um, and we're we're up for the Disruptor Awards in uh, in, in in those award ceremonies. So we're very excited. Oh, and um, I'm <laughs> probably in kind of usual disruptor fashion. I am uh, I am it, the, the the event is black tie. However, I am turning up in my uh, my bright pink hoodie, um, and see what the <laughs> see what the reaction is to that when I get there. I must. I am. I'm jealous actually that with um, I'm based out of. Well, I'm, this office is in Team Valley in Gateshead. Yeah. Northeast, born and bred. Not born and bred, but this yeah. is where I live. Yeah, and yeah. I haven't been to London for probably three years now, and it's just, oh, there's man. been a few people that have kind of I miss it. Just going yeah. to the stuff that you have in London that you just don't have in Newcastle or Teesside or whichever, which is no, t totally. I'm, I'm the same. I I would never I would never live in London. Although please don't hold me to that in case in ten years' time someone finds me living here. But I, I in theory, I'll never live in London because I absolutely love the northeast and I've lived there since I was about ten years old in Moorpeth mm -hmm. and then worked my way south so newcastle university durham lived there for a while hartlepool now so i'll probably end up retiring somewhere like york or <laughs> something like that but i just i don't i don't want to leave the northeast but there is definitely something that i miss about uh, not not being in london more regularly and so it's not it's nice to be back for sure no it's cool um so normally what i do is kind of start with some of the backstory what you were like at school and that kind of thing but i think actually because i'm really interested um can you tell us a bit about Everflow, both Everflow Tech and Everflow Water to start with? And then I'm going to go backwards. Is that cool? It just yeah, it'll yeah. help set the scene for the whole thing. No, to totally. That's it's absolutely fine. So um, I guess like as a, as a company, we exist to make utilities simple for businesses. I mean, that's what we set out to do. Um, and I'd like to think that that is something that we have been achieving so far. And there are three 
main ways that we do that. Firstly, we try and make it as easy for participants in, in the market to sell and contract um, with businesses. So that means kind of making tools that enable uh, quoting online, uh, quoting for brokers, those sorts of things, so that kind of businesses can find suppliers um, as easy as possible. Secondly, as a supplier, we make it as easy for customers to receive the services that they need um, as possible. So whether that's kind of answering the phone call within within seconds rather mm -hmm. than leaving people waiting for uh, half an hour or whether that's providing digital services, um, that's, that's what we do. And then thirdly, we try and make it as simple as possible for other suppliers to operate efficiently in the markets. Why we set up our, our tech business was to sell our technology that we developed to some of our competitors because um, on, on the one hand, kind of people always ask me, well, why, why are you selling kind of the thing that's making you successful to your competitors? And my answer is simple. It's because my, my, my mission is to make utilities simple. And if I can provide something to the competition to enable them on that journey and ultimately benefit the businesses they're serving, then that to me matters more than kind of uh, maximizing our profit at every opportunity. It's, it's incredible, isn't it? And I think this could be an engineer thing. But as soon as you have a mission which you actually actually believe in, the whole point of our business strategy it guides every decision. So when you like, mm -hmm. do we do it? Do we not do it? And it's like, look, if yeah. if that's our mission, even though to some people it might seem counterintuitive, it's what we should do, and yeah. it makes kind of perf makes perfect sense. And but one of the things that I'm also interested to pick your brains on as well mm -hmm. is that with um, I've been trying to spend more time with people that are different to me, if that makes sense. Yeah. And what's been really funny is that I've always been trained to think in a certain way. So for instance, even this office I'm in now, I constantly iterate, how can I make things faster, smoother, closer? Yeah. Like that, my that's just what I do all day, every day. <laughs> and there's people that are the complete opposite to that. And it's funny that when they point stuff out about me that I hadn't even realized, I then, it's like, oh my God. And it's funny because it's been a while, although I work with different engineers, I think it's like a mindset. It's just, it's that it's born in us it's just it's uh it's quite cool yeah. um so you said were you born in Morpeth? uh so i wasn't born in Morpeth. i was born in lancaster um but where about uh, in lancaster um actually well i was born actually in lancaster so <laughs> in the city of and then i think i think we lived about half an hour away from uh away from lancaster but then we moved up to the northeast when half i was half an hour north half an hour south um yeah, mostly north. So, do you know Kirby Lonsdale at all? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I know very okay. well. Yeah, yeah. So, so we lived there. Kind of, it's it's right. In fact, a little bit of the towns in Lancashire, a little bit of the towns in in Cumbria. Um, so, uh, so I lived there for for ten years. Um, then my job, uh, my dad got a job in the northeast. Uh, so we all moved up to uh, to, to Morpeth, and uh, I lived there for kind of the next eight years of my life. And uh, it's I I really I really like Morpeth and I really like going going back. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, like I say I couldn't uh, I couldn't move out of the northeast now. It's uh, it's definitely in uh, in my blood. The reason I wanted to ask is because mm. I basically grew up thirty minutes ish south of Lancaster. Oh, okay. And on a previous um, podcast, there was a guy called Chris that runs a tech company called Meow, and he mm. literally grew up on the street behind me yeah <laughs> and it, it was just surreal and we went through that you know thing of oh where'd you grow up and he was like liverpool yeah. I was like, okay but whereabouts and honestly the more i kind of asked that question it's like asking five whys it was literally a hundred meters from my house and it was just mind <laughs> and that's why i didn't know which way you okay. were going to go yeah i know can you imagine if there's like three of us just like right next to it, like strange next door to stranger it. things have happened because the other thing that i've kind of found but i think it's not a genuine coincidence 
the amount of people I speak to or interview, they had similar backgrounds and upbringings and values and stuff. Mm. That it was like, wow, it must be chance. It's like, no, because it's got to pick the guests. But you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so what were you like at school? Um, well, <laughs> I, th I think pr probably... Um, and annoying would be would probably be an appropriate word. I think I think teachers found me teachers found me super annoying because I was like that I was that typical underachiever who just didn't didn't kind of bother putting any work into school. I was there for the social aspects, not for the qualifications. Um, and I think like my philosophy, which is is interesting, I'll come to, to talk about how this impacts business. But philosophy was kind of what what is the minimum work that I can put in to school to get the thing that I needed. Yeah. So like whether that's kind of GCSEs, right? Okay, what are GCSEs for? Now, now any, any kids listening to this don't, don't necessarily follow this advice, but what GCSEs, what do I need? Well, I need five, five don't I, to get into A-levels. Okay, well, I'm not going to bother putting any work in as long as I know I'm going to get five. Okay, A-levels, what are they for? Well, they're to get you into university, aren't they? So I just, I, I know what grades I need, so I'll just work towards those. In fact, uh, well, <laughs> I think, I think one of my physics teacher when I was there, um, I was I was on track to get an A and, and and kind of we went to parents evening with my parents and I sat there with my uh, with my physics teacher and she was saying like look this is really frustrating you're not kind of you're not try trying to kind of put the effort in to do the work and I was and I was just sat there and I was like well do you know do you realize that all I need to do to get an A overall is get an E in my next exam and she was like well, I'm not sure that's right. So she called over kind of the head, the head of physics, and he was like, "No, no, I think he's he's actually right." Like, <laughs> and then uh, and then still get an A overall. So 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 I did that. But that's that that's kind of probably the philosophy that I took through. Like I say, was what is the simplest thing that I need to do to get the output that I need to kind of get mm -hmm. to the next step, I suppose. And um, it's, it's interesting because I think like that I I still take that principle, but. In business but what i've what i've learned is what you do is by by kind of going along the simplest thing that you can do to get the required output what that does is it allows you to kind of have a much greater bandwidth for actually doing stuff mm -hmm. um because rather than trying to seek perfection is that like that is now what your class is like the commercial approach as a business mm -hmm. person that's exactly what we should do or an engineer it's how do you get the the best result or anything you can for the least amount of effort or resource exactly. or utility yeah that it is what it is. So I think it's it's almost you probably just showed the traits earlier in life, but it's, it takes balls <laughs> to actually kind of say to someone, um, "Yeah, I'm going to do the minimum effort to get the result." Back. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess I was a I was a bit uh, I, I must have had a, a self assured streak from quite a young age, I think. <laughs> but you know, but it's still fascinating. So then you went to Newcastle Uni, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So I start, started kind of migrating further south. So uh, went to Newcastle Uni, uh, did a degree in, in chemical engineering. And I, I think the funny the funny thing was, I, I think kind of dur during that process, I probably realized that I didn't really want to be an engineer. <laughs> wow, okay. Um, I think the, th the three things that I did figure out um, whilst I was at university, I think n number one, I figured out that that hard work is actually necessary because whilst I could apply that that sort of um, less uh, less hard working approach to school, when it got to university, that was a very different <laughs> different matter. 
And there was a bit of a wake up call that actually, hang on, wait a second, yeah, I can't just, I can't just breeze through, uh, through life. So hard work was necessary is the first thing I learned at university. The second thing was probably not to do with the university so much, but I realised I was good at making money. So, um, just to give you what, one example, I, uh, I, I got my student loan. What, what mm -hmm. do you do with your student loan? Well, I think students either do one of two things: either they spend it all on drink, or they, uh, they, they actually are sensible with their student loan. And, uh, and and kind of use it for what it's meant for, for living costs, all that sort of stuff. Well, I, I took the third option of... You didn't well, go to the casino, did you? Can, can, yes. no, I didn't go to the casino. I know people that did. And I, I was expecting for that story of... I went to the casino on day one and blew four and a half grand. On. <laughs> Put it all on black. Yeah, no. I took, I took okay, the secret fourth option then, which was... Um, I know. I noticed that. Um, I don't know if you if you came across them or or if you did remember, um, but uh, Sony produced this handheld gaming console called the PSP, mm -hmm. which yeah. um, was coming out kind of around the same time that I went to university, and they were like gold dust. You couldn't get them anywhere, but I saw that Virgin uh, when that when that was a uh, when that I was think. a store. Um, they, they'd managed to get kind of like I think it was twenty in stock or something like that. So I took I, I, I took all of my student loan and bought all of those because I knew I could like I, I could sell them. And the risk was so small because you know if I couldn't sell them, I'd just take them back and get a refund. So like, but but I was just up to stuff like that because I just thought, well, I've got this I've got this kind of money at a very low interest rate. Why not make more money than I'm paying an interest on on this uh, on, on this loan? So that was. That was the second thing I discovered. And then the third thing, actually, which is quite um, personal to me, was that um, like that my, my faith was really important to me. So um, I'm a Christian, I go to church, um, but kind of before I got to university, that wasn't, that wasn't like I'd been, to, my parents had taken me to church all my life, but I'd never had a personal faith. And that mm -hmm. was a, that was a thing that kind of came to, came to fruition during, during university. And that's kind of impacted me a lot, kind of, I think both, um, on a personal level, obviously, but in the way that I do business and the way that I want to do business, um, it's really, it's really important and kind of grounded a lot of our values. But what's quite funny, and you're not a PS5 scalper, are you? When you knew the PS5s were coming out, and they... no, I don't, I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> but similar kind of thing. But it's almost it was more acceptable back in the day. But it's mm. I, I get it. What I was going to say is yep. that the the fact of what you said before about how you got your black tie born, you like to wear your hoodie, and even Charlotte mentioned that you you sometimes like to rebel sometimes with different things prime example but it's likewise it's it's yeah it's it's funny that the different streaks and it's just it, that you often see that in entrepreneurs it's almost the, the existing systems and stuff so actually how how and why did you end up doing chemical and process engineering because that's quite a like it's a it's a nerd's degree in a positive way <laughs> so i mean on, honestly it was like uh Okay, I'm good at I'm good at maths. I'm good at physics. I'm good at chemistry. What what one of these things should I do? Um, and I just I plumped for that one. I think like in hindsight, I probably I probably would have preferred to have done straight maths or something like that. Um, but you know, I, it, it is what it is. And and I kind I think like with many things, I don't really I don't really regret it regret it mm -hmm. because there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of stuff that I learned from it. Um, but yeah, it just uh, it just it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't kind of uh, it wasn't for me. I'm not I'm really not a details person, and I think kind of particularly when you're starting out as an engineer, mm -hmm. like you just have to be super detailed. <laughs> I, I I agree with you, and it's just it's um it's because actually I was talking to my cousin's son, so my technically my second cousin goes to uni mm. as an engineer in October, 
And I've kind of said to him, um, you know, it's 50% work and 50% fun. Don't forget the fun bit. Yeah. He wants to do like chemical processing, maybe a bit of nuclear, but it's that kind of thing. Okay. But it's, just, it's a, I think universities are fascinating kind of process. And then what was your, how did you get into work? Because you almost went into the process industry from, or the water industry. Yeah. First time. Did, yeah. Um, so I think one, one of the things that was like important to me and is still is important to me was kind of making sure that I've got um, a good, a good set of contacts, like pe people I know, um, because you, you, you're always going to need to um, rely on other people's advice or kind of learn from their wisdom. And, that, and that's just something that I've always, always known and always sought. And so um, I'd actually done kind of a bit of work with, um, with a company, I think it was during the uh, summer vacation from kind of after my second mm -hmm. year. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, work, I work for this guy, Tell, um, who's got um, an engineering cost consultancy called Aqua mm -hmm. Consultants based down in Bradford. Um, and I did some work for him. And then just when I was coming towards the end of uni, I just picked up the phone and, and was like, um, I'd, I'd love to come and work for you. Um, have you got any jobs? And, uh, and, and he was like, actually, do you know, what? I, I might have something. So I met up with him for met up with him for coffee. And he was like, how much do you want to be paid? And then I was like, Oh, man, I wasn't expecting this. So I went, I, I, I pitched it. And he was like, Oh, yeah, that seems fine. And I was like, Oh, flipping heck, I've gone in too low. <laughs> but you, you know what, it was, it was a great like that, that time at Aqua Consultants was so good, because uh, tells tells an entrepreneur, he set up uh, numerous businesses. And I, I learned a lot from from him about kind of what it means to set up a business, what it means to run a business, because within about two years, I think it was, um, he, he put me in charge of kind of the Northeast division of wow. their of their organization. And um, I managed to kind of double the turnover of that business. And I, I just learned so much from from Tell. Um, yeah, so that's uh, well, <laughs> but, what's interesting though is just with so i ironically also started my career in the, in the water industry so okay. i was working for care construction mm -hmm. and in the northwest they had something which well it was called kmi water then it was called kmi plus but yeah. there was, it was uh, rivington wastewater treatment works which is right. nearer where to where i kind of grew up and it was just for me it was learning project management and managing subcontractors mm. and my mentor was the project manager on site a guy called paul martin and one of the things that he told me which i still do today was i have a little workbook and it's the fact that i keep track of stuff but what i'm really mm -hmm. fascinated by by your kind of story is the fact that almost from the start it sounds like you wanted to go the business route and you viewed it as a business yeah. as opposed to if i'm honest i viewed it as a job to do the best job to climb the standard ranks and i didn't really twig on the business side of things until much later on so it, it sounds like that was always kind of part of your journey yeah definitely i think i think a lot of do you know what that is a that is a good really good point and it's probably worth discussing that because i think a lot of people when they leave university um they, they've kind of maybe done quite a vocational degree like an engineering degree or something like that and or an accountancy degree and they think kind of their role is just to get better and better at and, and have more and more knowledge on their subject and actually it's it's probably something that's uh, that is useful to kind of for, for anyone that's listening to this is um, if if you're kind of thinking like that maybe change your thinking to go yeah that is important that's right but if you're wanting to kind of get into business leadership or mm -hmm. if you're wanting to kind of lead an accountancy firm or lead practice or lead kind of engineering actually it's the 
two of the things that are most important alongside your knowledge are kind of really good sound commercial understanding. Uh, so kind of what are the drivers that make a business function? What are the drivers that make kind of a business grow? Um, but also kind of making sure that you're really investing in yourself in terms of your your people skills, mm -hmm. how, how you relate to people, how you influence. Those are those are two of the things that are so important if you're if you're wanting to kind of go in a direction that is not just a specialist in your in your yeah. field. I th but because the thing that I always find quite funny is that with when you're at uni or even when you're in education it's always about get the best grades you can and yeah. in theory someone who gets a first is better than someone who gets a 2-1 who's better than someone who gets a 2-2 two -two, you know on, on paper yeah but the truth is as soon as you kind of get your job you need to be good enough that you understand stuff but actually I much prefer to have someone that has a 2-1 but has some good banter about them that they can talk to people and bounce ideas off them and bring people together and you find gaps and stuff but you don't get taught that the point is i completely agree with you is that often yeah it's it's if you've got a bit of nous about you it makes such a huge massive difference yeah if you also I, have the technical I stuff th i think it's, it's it's weird it's weird actually that, that isn't a thing that just gets like people get told about really but things um, how do you teach someone to have fun and bring people to, i don't think it's something you can so for instance for me personally it was that when i was always involved with a lot of the sports teams so mm. for instance i was captain of the basketball team i was social sec for a long time when you're like i was in cubs and scouts growing up and mm. when we used to do um scout camps and games and whatever you're always kind of bringing people together and having fun and getting them excited and stuff that yeah. not everyone can do that and again a lot of engineers are quite nerdy that they don't have the patter to kind of yeah. do that. I, I mean that's definitely true that there's kind of a lot to do with 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 nature but i think like there's a lot of things that can be that can be taught i, I mean yeah. one of one of the one of the things that i'm um I, I i like to be able to do is is to provide kind of coaching to mm -hmm. kind of some of our senior leaders to try and help help them just develop because even even people who are naturally quite good at it you, you still need to kind of give them give them pointers right because no one stops learning so um but I think I think it's I think it's you're right. There is a lot to do with nature. I think there's a lot to do with nurture. But I guess the point the point is, if people aren't telling people from a from a young age, actually, these are just really important skills that you will need if you're wanting to do this. Mm -hmm. Then people kind of just walk blindly into kind of a career where they're not prepared for. I agree. With um, that. Kind of that, and so I think those those conversations just need to be need to be being had at, uh, at education levels. That's cool. So you. We're working for this guy. Mm. What's your kind of journey from there up until before you start to do your own thing? You know, I guess the next few years. Yeah. So um, I, I knew I knew kind of whilst I was working for Tell that I really wanted to set up my own business, and and I approached I'd approached Tell and said, look, I, this is what I really want to do in the future. Um, we didn't quite have an idea about what that what that would look like at, at this point, but I think we both we both had an understanding that this is probably where things would lead. Um, so I, I said, I said to tell, look, I'll, I'll go and get a job in kind of a different environment in a in a bigger company, corporate company, just to get a bit of varied experience. Mm -hmm. I'll come back to you with an idea, and and we'll we'll hopefully go from there. So that's what that's what I did. <laughs> so I left I left uh, Aqua Consultants, joined Northumbrian Water, um, started to grow some of their commercial businesses, um, and then spotted this opportunity, which I hadn't. I wasn't aware of about before of, of the kind of deregulation of the of the water retail market, and um, so I ended up kind of positioning myself within Northumbria Water to work in that work in that area and lead on some of some of that activity. And so I set up uh, Northumbria Water's 
uh, first uh, retailer, which was NWG Business. They've mm -hmm. now uh, since merged with uh, Angling Waters equivalent, and they've got a company called Wave. But I set up NWG Business and um, put forward kind of what I thought the, the growth strategy should be. Um, I think the uh, Northumbria Water didn't want to be quite as aggressive as, as I did in the market. And, and so I thought, well, do you know what? This is probably... This is probably the idea that I've been looking for. Wow. So uh, went went and asked uh, asked Tell and another guy that I know who's uh, who's our CEO Adam, um, and I said, look, we've got got this idea. Just need kind of half a million pounds. Are you are you happy to uh, to to kind of uh, just you know let, let me have the money? And uh, <laughs> fortunately they uh, fortunately they're like, yeah, sure, let's let's go for it. There's a there's a good opportunity here. There's uh, people doing things really badly. We can we we should be able to kind of make some good good inroads into this market. Wow. Um, so it's quite funny because what I presented to them was I um I think it was a business plan with 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 growth trajectories of you know I I'm going to be really ambitious. We're going to get to going to get to eight million pounds turnover after five years. You know it's going to be super exciting, and. Um, and then obviously, obviously, my my supposedly ambitious growth was just so under un, un, under optimistic um, and incredibly pessimistic that because we we come to be outstripped that I mean we we after five years I think we hit like sixty million turnover we're on wow. course this year for hundred million turnover um, and and what I'm what I'm describing at the moment is just kind of what I'm I'm calling our second phase of growth because we're we're actually just about to start. Uh, what I'd call a third phase of growth, where we're, we're hoping to accelerate even harder. So that is something that I've definitely learned over the past few years: is if 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 you uh, if you set your sights low, you, you might exceed them, but you should probably be setting your sights a lot higher because you probably can achieve it if you've got the right uh, people, if you've got the right cash to back you, if you've got the right strategy, and then ultimately the right execution to deliver your strategy, then you should be, you should be able to kind of, uh, massively exceed what you even think is possible. Wow. So your business, is it still the three of you or did you bring in external investment? Uh, so we bought, bought tell out, um, I think it was about, uh, two, two and a half, three years ago, maybe okay. something like that, maybe a bit before that actually. Um, it's still super cool that the guy that you started your kind of career with was both willing yeah. to back you, but still part of this journey as well. Oh no, totally. Um, got, got so much respect for for Tal and keep in touch regularly. Um, yeah, he's just he, he was he's such a good guy, um, and uh, and and uh, we, I think one one of the things actually I need to do is uh, is, is introduce him to. Uh, we, we said we need to meet up because um, since having Jemima about four uh, four months ago, um, our first child. Um, it'd be good to actually introduce her uh, to, to him and him to her, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, because uh, he's he's definitely kind of been a big part of uh, of, of my family's life, and so uh, mm -hmm. we like to keep in touch. So, can you almost describe the business now? Because it sounds like you've been on a hell of a journey. And likewise, um, on your LinkedIn header, you've won mm -hmm. various awards as well. Was it you're in the top thousand fastest growing companies in Europe by the FT? Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, so uh, we we finished third last year in the in the fastest growing companies in Europe. Um, wow. This year we're we're fifty fourth, and we're still the we're still the third highest place um, growing company from who, who was also in it last year. So, kind of the other fifty one yeah. companies in the top fifty four are, are new companies to the um, to, to the metric. So, um, 
yeah, we're we're maintaining a, a fast pace of growth. But like I say, this is uh, we're about to start an even faster pace of growth. Um, and but I think it's it's just a really exciting place to be because um, we're we're constantly recruiting. I think our, our number one challenge at the moment is just making is is getting kind of enough people, okay. uh, enough enough of the right people into the business to keep uh, to keep it growing. Um, but uh, it's a it's a good it's a good problem to have. Um, and we've learned so many lessons, I think, over the past the past three years, which um, like there's the, the, some of the kind of common lessons that you you hear people talk about. But they're like if, if I was kind of sat here three, three years ago, it'd be like, OK, yeah, I know pe people always tell me these things. Um, I'm, I'm sure they are important, but maybe they're not as important as people think. But, but I want to I want to tell people who are listening to this podcast, these things are really really critical if you if you can focus on, on on nothing else in your business you need to do these things so firstly i think that you need as a business you you have to focus on cash mm -hmm. like just just if, if you can focus on one thing first of all focus absolutely on cash until your business is cash generative doesn't doesn't necessarily matter that it's profitable or not as long as um you have a route to profitability. So make sure make sure you get to cash positivity first, and then and then make sure that you've also got a route to profit profitability, even if you aren't profitable. Because if you um, it, cash cash will cash will kill your business. Even even if it's not even if it, if it doesn't mean kind of your business folds. Mm -hmm. If you don't have the cash to invest in its growth, then you're just not going to get to where you need to be. So like and uh, and that that is so important. So I, I cannot stress that enough. Um, secondly, um, now this, this one, again, it's, it's just something that you hear all the time, but then you kind of hear and go, yeah, sure. I'm sure that's right. But you know, I'm, I'm going to carry on doing whatever I'm doing. So secondly, uh, with respect to people, um, hire the best people that you can afford every time. And a note, I say the best, not the most expensive, because there's a difference. Mm -hmm. So you need to, as a business leader, define what you need in the next few years of your growth from that role, and then find the person who is best at doing that role that you can afford. Um, so that doesn't mean, kind of, for instance, if you if you've got ambitions to kind of get to a, a workforce of a hundred people, for instance, um, you the best person for you over the next three years is probably not someone who's capable of managing ten thousand people even if they are the most expensive person so that's just that's just an example but i think that that is so that is so so important i cannot stress that enough hire the best people that you can afford the best people not the most expensive so that's number two and then i think the third one is again something you hear all the time but people go yes i understand that but don't necessarily put into practice and that is be very very transparent in your dealings with people and always stick to your values no matter the cost and there are so many times in business that you come across like an opportunity or a decision that needs to be made and it's like oh but doesn't quite fit with with kind of our values or how we do business but you know we could probably just like we could probably just about shoehorn the decision or justify the decision on this basis don't do that if, you, if you're even asking that question sh like can we shoehorn it in or can we kind of just get around of us just don't do it you've answered your question already um because the problem is once you once you lose who you are as a business you will lose your direction. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you think. You might be able to kind of flex or get away with. It's not true. If you if you compromise 
who you are, you will lose your direction. Um, and so how this plays out in business, so this, this plays out, I think, in particular with people. So um, as well as business decisions. So for instance, this means kind of letting go of your really high performers if they are operating in a way that is out of kilter with your values. So even if they're kind of bringing you in, in loads of sales, if they're doing it in a way that is not in keeping with your values, just let them go. Mm -hmm. I, I can, from, from experience, I can promise you that this is true, that even someone you think is indispensable because of what they're bringing, they, by, by simply kind of letting them go and kind of letting others around them flourish instead of being suppressed by kind of their behavior, you will see much more growth than you thought you would have lost so just be you have to stick to your values in your decision making and i think the other thing to remember just on that is i think i think it's okay to acknowledge that not everyone that you bring into your business is going to go on the full journey with you because mm -hmm. people are on their own journeys and some people may not want to go kind of where the business is going some people may not be able to go where the business is going and i think that that's okay but you just have to be transparent with people about where you are as a business and where they are as a as a person and make sure that you're dealing with that situation fairly but you have to acknowledge that that situation exists i mean just to give an example it would be like you know trying to climb mount everest um with um some someone who's who's, who's kind of got really bad asthma or, or, <laughs> or something like that and and you kind of you might be able to get them up a, a certain distance but come, come on let's let's be let's be real about this situation you're not going to be able to get to the top with with that person. It's not going to be fair on them, and it's not going to be fair on the rest of the party, kind of trying to get there. And so that that's just life. That's you know you have to you have to kind of acknowledge those acknowledge those situations and and just move 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 past them, but deal with people fairly. Sorry, that was a, that was an incredibly long winded uh, answer to your question. <laughs> But hopefully there's some kind of nuggets of, uh, of, of, of some wisdom that uh, the things that I've learned along the, this journey so far. It feels like that was quite therapeutic for you. <laughs> it was. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to talk about these things. And, and like I said at the beginning, I actually, anyone who's listening, please, please act on those three things because they, they will they will benefit your business so much more than most of the decisions that you can make. How long has the business been going now? um so we've been going for about six and a half years now wow um so i think most most of the growth has happened both in, in terms of people and um revenue etc in the last four years something like do you mind that. if so i ask you about that just because yeah. i know a lot of people will be really interested in it because that's almost with especially in like the startup community mm. it's you, you so many people fail yeah. <clears throat> that actually it's quite nice to and then likewise, so many people start, but actually it might not be to year two, three that they start to actually get traction. Yeah. So actually if they hear from people that have blatantly made it and done really well, I want to took them until year two to three before it really started to take off. If they're currently a year one and a half, mm. they don't give up because actually, so like what was your growth in terms of revenue and people like over those six and a half years? Just because I think it'll really add value to Yeah, to no, totally. So I think like the first the first two and a half years we went from kind of me in a cafe to about six people and you know, in a in a little office, all sharing pizzas, all that sort of thing. And and kind of in terms of revenue growth, that's probably about zero to, to two million, something something around there. 
Um, and then it was kind of really at that point where we're like, okay, either either we just continue growing like this, and that might be fine, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because that's like so some people just kind of want to to go mm -hmm. a steady pace, keep growing. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with that. There's uh, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of businesses like that, and they're the backbone of of the UK economy. There's nothing wrong with that, but. You do have to make you do have to make an active decision. Either you are going to do that, or you want to actually grow and you want to grow at a much faster pace. And and so the moment that you say, right, actually, do you know what? This is, we're wanting to go faster than this. You you have to make sure you've got the right plans. You've got to make sure you've got the right investment um, in order to kind of facilitate that growth. Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna stall. In fact, I, th I think I talked about it earlier. But the four the four key things in any uh, for for any business to think about are kind of the people, the cash, the strategy. Um, so that's kind of how how are you going to attack the market that you're in, and mm -hmm. then the execution, how you're actually going to follow that through and deliver. Um, those are the four key areas of, of of business that you need to really think about when you're starting to go right. We're we're wanting to scale. No, I, I love it. And then, did you at what point did you bring in external investment? Because again, a really hot topic, because people. Yeah. Do they do it? Do they not do it? How much? And it's just, it's that balance again, as someone that's been and done it. Have you yep. any advice to give on kind of raising investment? Um, I think, I think this is, I mean, this is, this is a really tricky one. Eh? And cause it's, it's very difficult to answer this question without kind of knowing the specifics of someone's business, because I mean, there's three, three main forms of, uh, of, um, getting money and kind of either either you kind of raise debt um, or you uh, raise capital through either private equity or venture capital um I, th I think which one of those routes you go down ha it, like it has to depend on your business like mm -hmm. if you're um if you, and it depends on kind of how you how quickly you're wanting to grow if you're if you're pre-profit and you want to grow really really quickly as long as you have a a big big total addressable market and i'm talking kind of probably billion billion pound plus total addressable market that you could in theory um uh, contract with or sell to or whatever it is that your business does then vc is probably the best the best way to go um if you're um kind of you're you're a profitable business you're generating some cash um and actually what you want to do is scale out what you do so you're not you're not really kind of wanting to um do much other than get better and better and better at what you do maybe kind of take some acquisitions maybe grow through through that way then then p is probably probably the route for you um if you're super high profit um and um and and, and kind of you think that you can go you can get down get down kind of the growth journey that you want with with debt you know that's that's also fine um it means you keep your equity um but it does mean kind of that you're you're, you're giving away some of your kind of uh your, your earnings on an ongoing basis um so like it's it's really difficult to say without kind of having specific business in front of you kind of what what would be the recommended route but i think kind of broadly speaking that's that that would be my advice and we the route that we went down at the time um is we we took on we took on debt i think it's partly because um we we wanted to retain a lot of the control of the business um and for the amount of capital that we needed to raise we probably um wouldn't, wouldn't have been able to kind of do that without going down the debt route i think that now um we'll be going through another raise at, at some point over this next 12 months i think we won't be looking at we'll be looking at debt but for working capital reasons but we won't be looking at debt for for growth reasons yeah. um uh, th this next time because i think like i say we're wanting to go on a much faster pace of growth than we already are and so we're going to look at the options there yeah that's cool but you know what the, the, like i do a lot of stuff in the startup community and i hear a lot of speakers on different things 
I think that's the best anyone's described it. And that includes the, the finance people themselves. So I appreciate <laughs> it. I think it's cool. But I think it's, it's the kind of, it's the honest truth that I think people genuinely value mm. as opposed, because again, VCs and whoever will always sell the dream. Actually, yeah. for someone that's been through it, it's nice to hear. Yeah, I, sh I should say like the, I mean, it's, it's fairly obvious, but I think the, the really thing, important things from both a VC and a PE perspective is you really, really need to make sure that the people that you're getting money from share the same values as you. Yeah. I, I talked about values already, but it is really, really important because if you've not got the right values from both your internal team, but also your external partners, um, then, then you're going to you're gonna clash heads at some point and you want people who are supportive of the mission of the journey rather than people who are kind of trying to trying to just kind of line their own pockets as much as possible. No, that's class. Honestly, really, really brilliant advice, which is cool. Do you enjoy it? I love it. Yeah, I think I think if I, I've, I've always said if I didn't if I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be doing it like <laughs> I would uh, I, I would uh, exit the business. But um, but I've got no plans to exit the business. And I, I just really do enjoy what I'm doing. I think I think there's probably you probably don't get so many chances in life to grow yeah. a, a kind of really fast paced business. Um, and so I'm going to take it with both hands and see see where we can get to. We've got some uh, we've got some massive targets. Um, so we'll see we'll see where where we get to against those can i ask you about the dream what's what is the the goal what you know in five years ten years what what is dream yeah, scenario a, a? I see a super long-term goal um a bhag i suppose big hairy audacious yeah. goal as people like to call it um is to provide five five million business services either via our own retailer operations or through other suppliers that are using our platform and obviously some anyone sat there kind of with a calculator will be able to tell you straight away that even if we were to sell kind of uh, so, so we're doing water at the moment we're moving into waste so bin collection this year uh, telecoms the year after energy the year after even if we were to kind of do all of those mm -hmm. um, there wouldn't be enough businesses in uh, sme businesses in the uk to kind of support that five million number and so therefore kind of obviously we're going to have to go overseas we're going to have to go into kind of european competitive markets american competitive markets and so i would i would love it if we could make kind of five million business services simpler to, to engage with from business perspective because what we would love to see businesses suppliers uh, brokers in the markets spending more much much more of their time on than kind of arranging contracts or things like that or answering billing queries or all of the things that should just be automated we would love it if every one of those businesses that were impacted by us um, was able to spend much more time on figuring out how to reduce their utility consumption because that's far 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 more value valuable both to them as businesses but also the planet more importantly and i think like that's what well, that's one of the things that we're really really pushing um, and it's just so important to push both with our customers, both in the markets that we're operating, because um, I mean, it's, it's just it's just obvious we have to as a as a globe uh, tidy of what we're doing. And, and if we can impact the utility market to help that, then then great. I mean, um, you may have seen recently that we're the first uh, UK water company to be carbon neutral. Um, that was just so, so important to us. It was just like, well, why, why aren't other people doing it? We, we need to do that. that. That's only the first step, of course, because the actual work. To, to then kind of drive down that uh, that, that greenhouse uh, gas emissions needs to take place as well, which we've got we've got plans to do. So, um, but yeah, that's that that is the that's the dream for the future. So, serving kind of five million business services 
across across the globe through either as a retailer or a platform, um, helping businesses to focus more on uh, reducing their mm -hmm. utility wastage. Um, those are those those are what we want to what we want yeah, to do. Cool. It's it's great to just speak to someone who has such ambitions because again, like not everyone does, and there's nothing wrong with whether people do or don't. But still, it's yeah. nice to hear. You know what I mean? It's 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 pretty cool. Um, it's funny because you've kind of covered most of the stuff I was going to ask, and it's almost <laughs> I'm still going to ask some of the other questions because it's part of the structure yeah. and it goes onto YouTube and it gets clipped up. But it's just it's really fascinating, and I can see why. You know, you're you're winning. Hopefully, winning awards. Hopefully, another one tonight. It's just it's what also comes can kind of comes across. It's the passion. It's the fact that you really blatantly yeah. just love this. Yeah, and and I guess it, like it's it's not just uh, it's not just me. I think I think that's 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 the uh, that that's the really nice thing about coming into work is that every every person that kind of is in the business is really passionate about like making life simple for customers as well, um, and that that to me is just just make it make it makes it um, you know pe where people kind of talk about oh it's not really work. Well, that that is kind of how it feel feels for me because. I'm I'm joined by kind of a community of people who are, are equally as passionate about kind of making a real difference. I've got a question for you. Yeah. Do you and this might just be me, but for me I I see business like a game and especially as an engineer, you can get very good at looking at your your tokens, your utility, your stuff yeah. that you can deploy in different ways to kind of see what happens. I don't know yeah. what what is your approach to you to that? It's like do you how do you view kind of business do you do it in a playful way or do you take it super seriously um, oh, so, so, totally 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 as a game like just as you described it's because the, the the things that aren't I, I don't really i don't really care so much for, for for profit for money like that's not that's not anywhere near the top of my agenda when it comes to business the whole thing is about the fun like how can we how can we do this in a way that other people aren't doing mm -hmm. it how can we uh, kind of beat the competition how can we kind of get these these metrics to this level how can how can we make things easier for customers like those are the things that interest me all of the, all of the challenges and the um the kind of obstacles and and all of those things that's that is far more fun than kind of right we've now got to kind of 10 million pounds a bit you know that's <laughs> just that, that, doesn't, that but, doesn't particularly interest me that much but on that topic though like at a certain point and you see a lot of sports people if you aim towards a figure 10 million ebitda when you hit it it's like well what next what 12 50 yeah as so we're actually if you've got this goal that almost you know you can never reach yeah um it's it's i think it's a good thing to have because in theory it just gives you that drive to just keep wanting yeah, to beat totally. everything else. i think this is um this it's interesting you say that because i think what i've what i've realized as a ceo and this is probably um but most people probably don't experience this because they're not they're not CEOs and they're, and they're probably not CEOs of of rapidly scaling companies. But your your job is con like my job is constantly evolving. I have to kind of figure out okay what do I do now? Because the th the thing that I encourage all of my leaders to do is their their jobs are to make themselves redundant as quickly as possible because that is how we scale. Like if they're if they're kind of not doing that, then they become a bottleneck. And so 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 that first and foremost, that is my job. So I'm always thinking, okay, what am I doing now? So what do I need to give to like someone else to do? And like who do I need to hire to kind of then 
uh, take that thing on that I'm doing kind of, I'm probably doing fine, but there's definitely people who are more experienced at doing that thing, whatever that thing is, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing. So to so get that person on board, they can do it much better than I can. Okay, now what am I doing with my time? Oh, I've, I've got nothing to, nothing to do. So now I need to figure out what I've got to do. Then you figure out what you've got to do. And then you start going down that journey and then you go, right, okay, now I need to employ someone to do that thing. And then that that is just, that is just the life of a, a CEO, I think, in a scaling organization is that constant cycle of, right, uh, passing passing something over to someone else to do who's much better at it, figuring out what you do next. Uh, once you figured that out, passing that on to someone else, and then you just keep on you keep on doing that over and over again. Um, I love it. But again, that comes back to that's an engineering trait. It's just you're solving the problem as quick. You're doing exactly what you did at GCSEs and A levels yeah. to figure out how do I get there as quick as possible with the least amount of effort. And as soon as you've done it, what's the next one? So I love yeah. that. I think it's class. Um, at the end of every interview, I tend to kind of clip this all up and I, it has its own kind of section. And I love this bit as well, but I think you might have kind of already answered it. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever had? Yeah, so this is it's interesting. So there's lots of advice that I give to people, but I think the best piece of advice that I've received is from a, from a guy called John Elliott, who, mm-hmm. um, do you know him from E-back? From E-back? Yeah. Um, just incredible guy, uh, donated um, his, his company to, to his employees. Um, and that actually was the thing that prompted me to contact him. So I saw that article in news, uh, I think it was the BBC. Um, and I just reached out to him on LinkedIn, said, really inspired me. I'm just, this was just when I was starting Everflow kind of back six, six years ago. I said, I'm just starting out my own business. Um, I'd love to meet up, chat, have a grab a coffee with you. And he was kind enough to say, oh yeah, I'd love, love to. So I had a coffee just kind of next to his factory. Was that in the fake Costa Coffee, by the way? Sorry? It was in, was that in Siesta Coffee, which is on Newton Acliffe? It is, yeah. The fake Siesta Costa Coffee. coffee. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I <laughs> yeah. used to work at Tech Mall, which is next to the back factory. Uh, okay. And just yeah, for yeah. people that haven't got a clue what we're talking about, um, yeah. <laughs> in a business park, which is just off the A1, which I used to work, which is next to this guy's factory, there's a company called Siesta, and they 100% or 99% ripped off Costa Coffee. Yeah. The color, the branding, the menus, they're everything, but they've called it something else. So it's yeah. the fake Costa Coffee. And people it talk is. about it all over the place. So I was just, I had to coffee. ask. <laughs> it's good coffee though, so can't can't knock it. Um, but yeah, so I had a coffee with him there and then he took took me for a, a tour of his factory and oh, kind nice. of, I asked him, um, you know, what what advice would you, would you give me starting out? And first thing he said was, you know, you really don't strike me as like a, uh, as, as, as kind of the leader of a business. <laughs> I, think, I think that's, that's probably, probably still true. I think to most, to most people, I'm, I'm still kind of the rebel that like how on earth is he, he in charge of that company. But the, the advice that he gave me was, was, was very simple. He said, do not be flexible with your customers. So in essence, what he was saying was figure out who your customers are, figure out what you're selling to them and be be, be happy. You, you're going to have to turn away some customers because they're not going to fit your mold. Um, but that's fine because you can't be everything to everyone. And he was dead right because I think the approach that I'd taken at the start of the business was we were trying to be everything to everyone and try and offer every um, water to everyone in the market, whether they were Tesco or whether they were kind of a corner shop. Um, and the fact that kind of those two different customers were very, they, they had very different needs. If we continued down that route, we'd have ended up with kind of a hundred different processes for different customers. And that just, that just doesn't work in business. And so you have to, you have to just be willing to go, well, they're, they're not my customer and that's fine. Like, you know, yeah. so, so, you know, and, and that was your target customer. 
What would you class? Uh, so our target customer for for retail is uh, is SME businesses. So okay. we're, we'll work with anyone kind of um, that's that's using kind of anywhere from from uh, from a hundred pounds a year on water all the way through to about a million pounds on water, okay. and that's our, our sweet spot. Anything above that, and we we kind of just politely politely say say no as much as they they might like to work with us. Um, we've had we've had a few of those where it's again again this comes back to um, your values your values and decision making we've had kind of a few that have come to us and then we've we've undernarred and gone actually do you know, guys whooped it you have to be uh, pretty disciplined on that <laughs> no honestly i love it and again it's i've done about 90 of these now and nobody said that before so that's quite cool and it's but yeah. that that's the reason i love this and hopefully when it gets clipped up it's value that you can give to people that i think is quite cool as well um if you were to give advice to your younger self and you can pick, I don't know, you at school, GCSEs, you six mm. years ago. Um, what would it be? Um, I just, I just, I've had a thought about, think about this before. And I, honestly, I don't, I don't think I would. Um, and I think for the same way that I like the game of, 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 of kind of running the business, um, like life to me is a, is a journey of discovery. Um, there's failures and successes, and each one of those things, whether it's a failure or a success, teaches you something. Um, and to be honest, that that is to me is much more impactful than kind of being told something. So, you know, even if I've been told, even if I gave myself some advice, I probably wouldn't have listened to it because I'm naturally a rebel. Um, <laughs> but I just don't, I don't. I, there's nothing kind of along the the journey where I've gone. Do you know what? If I mean, there are things that you go, oh, well, if I'd done that sooner, then that would have been better. But like, it's, it's I, I am where I am. And I don't think, um, I don't think I'd be, have the same kind of wisdom to pass on to people or mm -hmm. things like that if I haven't kind of experienced some of those challenges firsthand. But the other side to it is the one you said before about how maybe your personality where you are quite uh, eccentric and rebellious and you whether, you know, whatever, you kind of need those people and you're never going to get to a billion dollars in revenue if you play it safe does yeah. that make sense yeah yeah. so totally. it's just it's it, i get it i like it and i think investors will like it as well because you want to aim high and it's just yeah. you need to be a little bit crazy to do stuff that other people think wow <laughs> but i still stand by the fact that i think your background in engineering and the way that you think and stuff will help you get there in yeah. a way that not everyone has so i think it's almost the perfect mix of uh stuff um is there anything you would like to talk about unplug before we go no, I'm 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 good. I'll uh, I'll, I'll leave this segment uh, completely completely free. I'm I've I've talked enough, and uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure kind of pe people can uh, check check us out if they if they want to kind of switch their switch their water. Cool. Well, honestly, genuinely, I'm I'm really you know delighted that we got kind of got to speak. Best of luck for your awards tonight. Thank you very um, much. I, I will keep an eye out on your socials and press releases and stuff. And chances are, if or obviously i'll post the clips bit after you'll know so i'll add it into that but yeah. it's fantastic just to hear a northeast business that's doing like really really good things like on a europe wide scale you know as you said yourself that it's it's great to see and fingers crossed you know big great things kind of for the future and um, yeah thank you for your time and please stay in touch no it's been uh, it's been wonderful to uh, to chat no cool well enjoy uh, your events do tonight and uh, yeah please stay in touch Great. Cheers, Steve. Cool. No worries. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.